what would you say life is all about? Some people would say, oh, well, it's about money. Life is how much money you can accumulate. Well, when you do funerals like I've done this week, the people that were buried in the ground couldn't take any of that money with them. Some people say, oh, it's about position, and you get this position and this position and this position, and then you've arrived. Well, what happens when you lose those positions? Some people say, oh, it's possessions, it's property. Uh, That's what life is all about, it's power. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 tell us 65 words. Life is all about the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Someone has said, never has so much been said in so few words. John wrote five books of the Bible. He wrote Revelation. He wrote 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and what I call Big John, the Gospel of John. So today, I want to look at three descriptions of Jesus. Sermon I'm entitled, It's All About Notice the first description of Jesus. John tells us about his person, the person of Jesus. Verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So who is this person called the Word? Well, look down at verse 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So a couple things about Jesus. Verse 1, His eternality. What is this? In verse 1, notice the word was. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. So it does not refer to a start, it refers to a state. So Jesus didn't have a beginning, he existed in an eternal state. So the first three words of Genesis 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the first three words of John chapter 1 begin. Genesis, you look forward to the creation of man. John chapter 1, you look backwards to the existence of God. So Jesus was not just from the beginning. Jesus was in the beginning. He was before the beginning because Jesus had no beginning. Jesus eternally existed in time when there was no time. Jesus had his birth in Bethlehem. But Jesus' birth in Bethlehem was not his beginning. There never was a time when Jesus was not God. And there never was a time that Jesus was not. Now that's hard for my finite mind to get around. But Jesus has always been. He has eternally existed. Jesus is the only person that was ever born who at the moment of his birth was older than his mother and was as old 
as his father. Now look back at the verse. In the beginning was the word. The word was is in the imperfect tense and it expresses an ongoing state. So you could read it like this. In the beginning was and is and always will be the word. And the word was and is and always will be with God. And the word was and is and always will be God. So Jesus is eternal. Go back as far as you want to and you'll find Jesus. Go forward as far as you can and you will always find Jesus. He is eternal. Notice, secondly, in this verse, he is equal. On a verse, in the beginning was the Word. So I've struggled with that for a lot of years. Why do they call Jesus the Word? Well, Jesus called the Word because he is the perfect expression of God. So a word is the visible expression of my invisible thoughts. My daddy told me this. They will never know what you're thinking unless you open your mouth. Jesus is the visible expression of the invisible God. Was the word, and the word was, you see that? With God. It means toward God. It means facing God. It could, you could translate it. In the beginning was the word, and the, uh, the word was face to face with God. That's why Jesus could say, if you've seen the Father of me, you've seen the Father. That's why he, he, he said in John chapter 8, verse 50, 58, Verily I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Well, that word I am is Yahweh, it's Jehovah. He was saying, I am Jehovah God. Jesus, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. My dad was up here this week for a couple days. A couple people said, you have some of your father's mannerisms. He stayed in our house for a couple days, and Tracy says, you're, in some ways, so much like your father. But if you've seen me, you have not seen my father. We're two different people. We literally do. We, we, we like a lot of different things. We really do eat a lot of different things. But Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. Jesus proved this over and over and over again. He showed his Godhead with his power. He could say to the wind, peace be still. And the wind would be still. He could say to the lame, lame man, your sins be forgiven you. How could he say your sins be forgiven you? Because he was God, the person of Jesus. Don't miss it. Jesus was 100% God. So when Mary put that, that, that swaddling clothes, that diaper, if you will, on that baby, she was putting the diaper on God. Literally. 
Number one, the person of Jesus. Secondly, notice the power of Jesus. So who created the world? God or Jesus? And the answer is yes. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. But that God was none other than God the Son, Jesus. Look at John 1, look at verse 3. All things were made by Him. Without Him, Jesus was not anything made that was made. I am told that there are approximately 100 billion stars in the average galaxy. So our Milky Way galaxy has approximately 100 billion stars. And I am told that there are approximately 100 million other galaxies like our Milky Way galaxy. Scientists have estimated that in total there are 10 octillion stars in space. You know how, you know how many that is, right? Million, billion, trillion, quadrillion, quintillion, sextillion, septillion, octillion. Ten with 27 zeros after it. You realize the sun is a star. 27, uh, ten with 27 zeros after it. That's how many stars are in the world. And scientists tell us of the... 100 million galaxies that they have discovered, they've only discovered quite possibly a tenth of what's really out there. You say, how did it all come about? In the beginning, God, in the form of God the Son, Jesus, created the heavens and the earth. Do you realize who that baby in a manger was? It was God. It was God the Son. It was God the Creator Son. We learn in verse 1 that Jesus was before creation. We learn in verse 3 that Jesus was behind creation. He was creating it all. So Jesus is the Creator of this world. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16, they're going to put it on the screen. For by Him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible. He created them all. Thrones, dominions, principalities, powers, all things were created by him. Notice the next phrase. And for him. Verse 17. He is before all things. He's eternally existent. And by him, all things consist. It means are held together. So what keeps things held together in our world? Jesus. It's not merely held together by itself. We'd be in a mess. It's held together by Jesus. Life can exist in a very narrow margin of temperature. A little bit warmer, our world would be the Sahara Desert. 
A little bit cooler, it would be a frozen Arctic. So who keeps the, listen to this ladies, who keeps the thermostat just right in this place? In this place, me. In the world, in the world, Jesus. By him, all things consist. Think about it. Just this week, one of our airlines has had trouble getting people from point A to point B. One of our staff members decided that, that he and his wife were going to go on a, a getaway, and we blessed it. Y'all go, and y'all have a good time. And, and this airline, they, they took them away, and they got there, and they're just having a wonderful time. But this airline didn't have things work out, so his daddy had to go drive to the Midwest and pick them up and drive them away. Mankind can't keep this world together. But Jesus can. Think about, about, about our, our world, our planet. Travels in three directions at the same time. So our earth spins, revolves on its axis. While it's spinning and revolving around its axis, it's spinning and it's revolving around the sun. So while it's spinning, don't ask me to pat my head and rub my stomach at the same time, I can't do it. While it's spinning on its axis and revolving around its sun, it's also deflecting and working around all of the other planets. And it does that, and it does not lose more than one one-hundredth of a second every 100 years. You say, how does that happen? By Him, Jesus, the one who created it, by Him all things consist. You see, Jesus, when He was on earth, because He is the controller of things, He could just speak into nature and He could change things. Water to wine. He looked at it and it changed. Lows in the fishes. He touched it, and it multiplied. Raging seas calmed when he spoke to them. Rolling waves became pavement when he walked on them. Now, I tried this when I was a kid. I was like, you know what? If Jesus could do this, I'm going to do this. Never worked for me. Because all things don't consist by me. But by him, all things consist. Unbroken cults submitted peacefully when Jesus sat upon him. Fishes hurled themselves into Peter's net at the sound of his voice. How does that happen? Listen, it's all about Jesus. He's eternal, the person. He is God. He is creator, and he is sustainer of our world. You say, why is that so important? Here's the reason why it's so important. When Jesus is removed, things fall apart. You take Jesus out of our world, our world crashes and burns immediately. You take Jesus out of our schools, you see what happens. And yes, I think, I think our, the Bible and Christianity should be put, Jesus should be put back into our schools. That may not be politically correct, it's prophetically accurate. You take Jesus out of your marriage, 
you take Jesus out of your home, your marriage is going to go down. Your home is going to go down because when Jesus is in charge and it's consisting around Jesus, it works smoothly. And when you remove Jesus, it falls apart. Number two, the power of Jesus. Thirdly, I'll be done and y'all can go take a nap. The plan of Jesus. Look at verse 4. So if Jesus is God and Jesus is creator, what is God, the creator, who's eternal from the beginning, who holds all this stuff together? What's he all about? What's he want from me? And what did he do? Look at verse 4. In him was life. Our situation is so bad. Not only are we as mere human beings dead, we are dead and we don't even know it. I didn't know a lot about chickens till I moved to Bennett, North Carolina. As of last week, we had 13. This week, we have 12. I'll let you figure out what happened to it. Um, but they, they, they taught me, we didn't wring this one's neck, but they taught me that when you wring a chicken's neck so that you can eat it, I've never done this, that that chicken is still run around for a while before it realizes it's dead. That's us. We run around acting crazy, pitching a fit, causing a ruckus, and we do not even realize we're dead. Spiritually, we are dead in our sins. Lost. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. You hath he quickened. You hath he made alive who were dead. Chicken dead. Dead spiritually in your trespasses and sins. In him was life. We who are dead need life. How are we going to get life? In him. That's how we're going to get it. In him was life. And life was the light of men. So here we are as, as, as men and women, we're dead. And worse than just being dead, we're in the dark. I don't know what the darkest place you've ever been in. But when you're dark, in those dark places, I mean, it's creepy. It's frightening. It's, it's, it's a lonely you can't see your hand in front of your face. Maybe a cavern, maybe a cave, wherever you are. It's just, that's the spiritual environment we all are in. We're spiritually dead and we're spiritually in the dark. And the life, Jesus was the light of men. Verse 5, and this light it shines in the darkness. That's why Jesus came. And the darkness did not comprehend it. Look at the first phrase, and I'll wrap this up. The light shines in the darkness. It, it, it literally means it continually shines. Jesus, since, since He came, His message and the gospel, it shines 
It shines and it continually shines. It just bombards the darkness. The message of Jesus, the gospel, it goes throughout all the world and it shines. It just continually shines and it bombards the darkness. It doesn't care if the darkness doesn't like it. It just continues to shine and it bombards all of the dark places. I notice the last part of the verse. And the light shines in darkness. And the darkness comprehended it not. Comprehended there, it could be translated quench or overcome it not. So for some 2,000 years, the world has tried to quench it. We don't like that light. Try to overcome that light. Put out that light. We don't want this light of the gospel. We don't want this light of Jesus. And they tried to put a lamp over it, put a bushel over it, or to snuff it out. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So let me wrap it up. What's life all about? It's all about Jesus. He's God. He's eternally God. He's equal with God. He's creator God. He's sustainer God. And this God, he has eternal life. And he who has eternal life has come to a very dark world to bring life and light to you. And how has man responded? We don't want the light. That light is too bright. Put out the light. They've rejected the light. You're in John 1. Look up at verse 10. He was in the world. And the world was made by him. And the world knew him not. He came unto his own. And his own received him not. So the world was made by him. And the world that he knew, or the world that he made, did not know him, did not want him, rejected him. He came unto his own people that he was born from, and they rejected him. That is what our job is. That is what our task is. Be all about Jesus. You say, who is the light? Jesus is the light. But Matthew 5 says, you are the light of the world. So if you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, we are to reflect Jesus. We are to be a, like, like the sun is the light. The moon just reflects the sun. We are to reflect Jesus everywhere we go. You know, there's a lot of people reject Jesus. He just continues to shine and continues to shine and continues to shine. My favorite light in our house is my Energizer Beam Light. It's got some rust spots on it. Got some mud on it. Because the boys leave it out and David left it out. It's years old. David's left it out in the rain. Got some gnaw marks where the dog chewed up on it. But if I were to click the button, it would probably blind you and you put up your hand in front of your eyes. Whenever I need it, as long as I keep the battery good. Middle of the night, middle of the day, underneath the bed when Trace says, Where is this? Maybe overkill. But my light always shines. Hey, it doesn't give me attitude. It doesn't say, I don't feel like it today. If I click the button, rust spots, dirty, gnaw marks. It just shines. 
and shines a lot. That's what Jesus does. And that's what you're called to do. This year may be tough. It may be challenging. Yeah, you may get a little bit dirty. You say, well, I'm not as young as I used to be. They call that rust. Yep, yep, yep. Just keep on going. Yeah, but, 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 but the old arthritis. Yeah, and uh, my knee just doesn't. Yep. Dog or the devil's been gnawing on you. My light doesn't talk back to me. My light never has an attitude with me. As long as I take care of it, click that button. It just shines and shines and shines and shines and shines. Our job this year, our job this month, our job today is to be all about Jesus. And to be all about Jesus in him was life. And the light was the life of men. Shine, shine.